Happy Monday, everyone. Today we get to listen to my friend, Steph Chuecos. She is the CEO and owner of Little by Little Health Company. And we go into so many different subjects. My favorite is not having FOMO. We also talk about the importance of community and we get into a little bit of her story. So her and I actually go way back. We both started in the financial industry. She's actually still in it as well, part-time. So the episode goes a little long. However, we split it in two. So you're going to get the first part today, and then on Wednesday we'll upload the second episode, and we actually have a little surprise for everyone, a little treat that uh, Steph provided. So without further ado, uh, the intro is going to go on now, and then her episode. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. So the big question is this. How do men who are leaders, entrepreneurs, single, married, fathers, sons, how do we find the way to remove alcohol from our drinking and have it be the catalyst to transform the way we think, perform, work, live, and love? That's the question, and this podcast will help you find that answer. Estefania, I am so excited to have you here on the Drink Like a Man podcast. This is so amazing. So for those of, uh, uh, of you who don't know, Estefania and I have known each other since uh, 2009, 2010, around there. Yeah. We were both working in the financial industry. And we were just talking earlier how every time we've reconnected, and it's been in crucial moments in our lives, like big pivots, big like crossroads. So I'm so excited again that uh, Estefania is here to share her story. I, I am so grateful for her because I've always looked up to her in a way of wanting someone who's always wanted to improve and self-improve. She told me about Tony Robbins when I had no idea about him. Uh, but I'm gonna, enough about me talking about her, uh, but I wanted to ask, Estefania, for those who don't know you, uh, if you could give us a brief recap of who you are and what it is you do. Awesome, well, thank you so much, Johan. I am, like I said, super excited as well to connect with you. Uh, it was kind of quick. It was meant to be, as I like to uh, think about it. Uh, and we do connect at, at, at really key points. And I feel like this is one of them. And I feel like it's going to be an experience that I'm going to remember for a long time. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Estefania. Like Johan said, I go by Steph just because it's easier. I want to make people life easier. And I also like it that it's shorter as well. So I go by Steph Chuecos. And um, I really help women with digestive issues with food, with lifestyle changes, that it's my passion. Um, I am currently here in New York City. I lived in Miami in the past. Um, and so that's kind of like what I do. You can find me in the website, you can find me in different places, but that's kind of like my passion at the moment and what I do, as well as finance. So I'm also, um, I continue to be in finance part-time and uh, I love having a combination of both things. So yes. I love that and I love that because uh, like a lot of you may know, but if you don't, I also am in actually the beverage industry, but um, my passion and it is where this has led me to start this podcast. And I think that our audiences are in for a treat 
because not only are you so on mission, I love that when we connected, you talked about your alcohol-free journey, which is what we're going to share about today and a lot of how crucial that was. I got a couple of questions and I, I just wanted to ask like, so, so our audience knows like, what was it like before, before you decided to start this alcohol-free journey? Yeah. And I want to say before we get into that, that uh, when you, when I saw that you were doing a podcast and then I read it, you know, it's like, oh, drink like a man. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. I wonder if he's back to drinking. Like what, like I knew that you were on your own path and on your own mission. So I'm like, I was so curious. And when I read that it's about alcohol free, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I connect with you right away. This is my story. I've been alcohol free for about two and a half years, almost coming up to three um, but who's counting, right? Like, I don't really pay much attention to that. Uh, and so before, <clears throat> the way I think about it, it was like, it was something super natural. Like, um, it was part of the everyday life. Um, it really got heightened when I moved to New York City. And I had a very stressful job. I was very young. Um, and so it was a day-to-day -day thing. It was something that... Um, it was like whenever it, there wasn't an excuse necessarily to drink alcohol, uh, whether we had a great win, whether the markets went up, the markets went down, like you had a presentation or you just had a regular day. There was always a reason to do that. And I felt that if I didn't do it, um, I was kind of like out of, I was going to be out of the cool club in a way. Um, and, um, and yeah, but I did feel like really, really deep down that it was just not the right thing because, um, you know, you just don't feel right. It was just like not something that it was, that it was proud of at the end of the day. But to be honest with you in the before, uh, it, it felt, it felt pretty normal and it felt like such a challenge to even such an undertake to even think about living without it because it was so ingrained with, uh, my day to day. Mm. So does that, does that answer oh, it? Yeah, yeah. And I love a couple of things you said because cool is something that I have always struggled with even before drinking. And for me, when I finally, uh, alcohol was such a solution for me to be part of the cool kids, to be part of the cool crowd. And still to this day, it, I mean, they call it a social lubricant, right? Yeah. So whenever there are social gatherings, and like you said, like the highs, the lows, there's always an excuse to drink. I remember when you had moved to New York and we were talking, we, we, we had talked about how the bar culture is so different there than from Miami. And, and it's just a big part of what you do after work. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I feel like a lot of people do have that day to day of just like, hey, let's go to the pub or let's go to the bar. And and if for me, it was an attitude of like, I was proud of it in a way like, oh, oh yeah. I like endurance five days, five years ago. I'm like endurance. Yeah. I'm so proud. Like I have alcohol endurance. And, and I thought <laughs> it was, like it's nowadays, I think when I say endurance, I'm like, yeah, triathlons, ultra, ultra marathons, marathon runners, like Ironman. Like, yeah, that's endurance. But back in the day, five years ago, I'm like, yeah, I have alcohol endurance and that's a skill that I need in order to survive. Like it was. It was like that. I was so proud of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been um, an opportunity for me to grow as a person. And, and like we were talking about in the past, like 
even though I'm in this gut healing journey, I wish I could tell you that I stopped drinking alcohol because of health. But in reality, that wasn't the trigger of it. A lot of people do it because, oh, you know, they start at least with the calories and okay, the sugars and I'm going to reduce my budget and, and that's great. But for me, even though I knew how alcohol was damaging my internal lining, how it all really becomes to sugar and then insulin release faster than if you had like a spoon of sugar. Like even though I had all these facts, I wasn't able to let it go. So that's, uh, it took a couple of, um, of attempts for me to really get where I'm at. And, and, and so, yeah. Mm. So, and, and one of the things that, that I thought was very interesting was the gut side of it, because I don't know the science behind the alcohol, but how damaging it is. And I know that you talk about that. One thing that I wanted to kind of bring it back was the, the endurance. And, and a lot of the title of the podcast is like, drink like a man, because I remember in growing up, and I think we both relate to uh, two Latin cultures that that are very associated with partying and with drinking. Yeah. So Estefania is from Venezuela and uh, my family is from Dominican Republic. I remember when I was young, I wish you guys could see Estefania now. We did that little merenguito. <laughs> so when, I remember when I was young, my dad would literally give me a little sip of beer, a little sip of whiskey, and he goes, here, and this is like 11, 10 years old, here, you should drink a little bit so you learn how to drink like a man. He said it in Spanish, but it was just like, he was already preparing for wow. preparing wow. me for that. And I remember that so early on as being such a big part of our culture. And that's kind of like why I did the play on words because today my perspective, and I think you talked about that so well, my perspective now is real drinking like a man, real courage, real wholehearted courage is to not drink alcohol. Correct. And just how you talked about the endurance. And I actually wanted to ask you, like, what was it like? Because I, I think it sounded a little, like when you said endurance, it was just like, man, that sounds so much like what my dad used to tell me, like learn how to drink. And, and I wanted to ask you, what was it like when you were growing up? What was the culture of drinking around you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting because in my family, my dad was like the party person. He was like, bringing people in the house, drinking. And my dad, in a way, was always like the, re the relaxed uh, person. Like my mom was always the more uh, strict, do things right. You can't be like, there's no space for, um, for doing things like in middle of the road. Like you have to be excellent at everything you do. And my dad was like, yeah, try your best. It's great. And so my mom wouldn't drink. And I remember looking at my dad and I'm like, how does he feel when like the wife is not with him drinking? Like, I'm not going to be like that. I want to have endurance. I'm going to be like, yeah, bring it on. I'm on with the boys. Like, let's do it. And, and part of it, um, it's where the endurance comes. Because even a, a funny story, um, when I started um, dating my husband, he actually went through a process where he didn't drink from like 18 to 25, like he was like the opposite. And when I dated him, he's like, oh, can I get, can I get like a margarita? And I'm like, he's not drinking like a man. <laughs> and I'm like with my vodka and soda, like, come on, bring it on, like being such a, and so um, to that point, um, and he was like, oh, no, no, I can't even take alcohol that much. Like, I just need one drink. And I'm like, what? This is not going to go anywhere. Like, I need somebody <laughs> that can drink. So imagine like that was how I was back in the day. And, and so it, it comes 
from that bringing from yeah that beginning of times of, of reminding me of of my dad and me wanting to be the woman that it's with him and 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 and, and having fun as well and less strict and so and, and of course like the parties the dancing like what makes you to dance drink it was never a problem for me but i see it in my dad too and that if you're listening hey it is true the reality is that i never see my dad drinking until it's been like three drinks, four drinks, whatever. And then you get, you see him a little bit like, oh, and it's fun. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that why would you need that crouch? And I think you, you explain it beautifully to, um, to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I hope that so many people can relate to that because it just feels so ingrained. It feels like that's the cycle. That's just how people do things. Is there another way? I don't know, but it's probably not cool. Or I, the the image of somebody just like not even going to bars, just staying at home and just like not because I just don't drink, right? So, and that's actually not our story today, right? And that's exactly. And that's something I wanted to. I was talking to a friend earlier today, and that's something that I want to bring up as well. Is this? It's this FOMO, right? It's like fear of missing out. It's like okay, if I don't drink, I'm definitely gonna be left out. I'm not gonna have as much fun. And I I thought about that at the beginning. I'm like. This is not going to be fun. And the reality is I have so much fun regardless whether I'm drinking or not. I can blend in. I have my tricks to, so that people don't ask me all the time, what am I drinking? Why am I not drinking? Like, and we're going to get into that eventually. But the point is like, I have as much fun as I had in the past and there is not necessarily the need to drink so that next day I can be functional. I can feel like there's no brain fog. I can be in my own centered and, and that's the reason why, why, that's one of the reasons why I also stopped, stopped the drinking. So, uh, so no FOMO for you guys out there that are about to like take the leap, but you feel like you're, you're not going to be understood. You're not going to have fun. Um, trust me, you'll get there and it's going to be as fun. And, and the other thing, Johannes, if you don't mind me, I want to add, please, it's please. not like, um, so it's like, I wouldn't go to a club sometimes, sometimes, or I might, but it's not because I don't drink. It's because I am old for that. Like, you know, like I just rather be home and just having a conversation or go to a bar and have a conversation. But the clubs, the club scene is not because I don't drink. It's because I'm just old or whatever. I'd rather spend my time in other things. So that's something that I wanted to point out. But if you like clubs, you like dancing still, go ahead and, and do it. And, and it's again, no FOMO from my perspective. Thank you for sharing that. I think a big part of the journey, and you, you knew me in, when I first started this journey, which was 12 years ago, you also know, and part of my story is a, is a relapse, but my, my journey was that I, I got to know myself finally. There were so many fears. And even though our, I love how our journeys are very different because I, uh, and I've shared with this audience, but, but, um, but if you haven't heard it before, I, I started through a 12-step recovery program that I'm still part of, and that's still a big part of me. But that's not everyone's journey, and we still end up in this alcohol-free path or that catalyst, and it's a big part of getting to know ourselves. And I, and I know that you're going to share that on, on what it's like now, but I actually want to go back, circle back to kind of what happened. Like, what happened to, to start this catalyst, to start the journey, to make you think, wait a second. And I just want to ask you that. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, uh, we were talking about this, but a little bit of point in my story uh, when I look back, but I'm like very decisive. And it's like whether life is kind of like telling you, it, it's the universe is sending you some kind of an alert. And I've always been, like you said, like trying to 
I feel like we are our own best teachers. And in order for us to learn from our mistakes, we have to, like, there's no excuse for you to like do something, know that it's bad and then redo it. Like we, I think it's our responsibility to look, okay, I did something that wasn't right. It didn't feel right with myself or, or whoever it is that you're with. And then I think it's our responsibility to write it down or at least to reflect like, okay, I did that wrong. Like how can I prevent myself from doing this again? And so I keep lots of journals. One of the journals that I have, it's one that I call the journal of grateful of a grateful guru, because that's how like call myself sometimes to be grateful for the opportunity. And I do that every night but there's another one that is this the, the, the interesting one and it's called dear ia ia is how my nickname as a as a younger um like my brother couldn't pronounce my name so he just went ia and so everyone calls me ia but so dear ia is saying like it's a is a is a journal entry in which i talked very lovingly to myself whenever these alerts come in and it's like hey dear ia this is an alert and, and i have it here because it was specifically I remember this episode, it was February, 2015. And it was like, okay, so this is an alert. And, and I just want to tell you that it is okay to make mistakes. This is me writing to myself. Uh, it's okay to have fun. I forgive you for everything that happened, but this isn't you. So here are the rules. Do not drink with people at work. Do not talk about relationships or religions and trust yourself. So that's a pretty clear explanation of the things that I probably shouldn't and don't anyways but I think I got into an argument with somebody at work about relationships but I was strong so I couldn't really relate it, and I was so embarrassed the next day so I'm like okay I'm sure you have moments like that but I was able to write it down and, and, and like okay I'm gonna try but at that point I failed like it didn't like it didn't last for a long period of time but that was one of the key moments um do you have anything like that as well that you kind of like it brings you like back to 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 memory so many <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So many. I can relate so much to what you were saying. I love how you're, you you structure it and you talk to to almost like your younger self or, or your more vulnerable self. I I, I I love that. I'm gonna borrow that if, if, yeah. if that's okay. Please do. For me, a lot of it was first. It was drinking and fun and. Actually, right from the beginning for me, it was drinking fun and consequences. I remember my first blackout was actually 12 years old. Wow. And I thought that's how people drank. Because <laughs> in my house, that's how people drank. That's right. So when I had my, I was 12 years old, we were invited to this Christmas party. And I wanted to be one of the cool kids. And my, my cousin poured, I remember, an absolute vodka cranberry, no ice, and just told me drink half that glass and you're and you're in and sure enough all the nervousness all the chatter as soon as i i would it was burning tears were coming down my eyes but it quieted down mm -hmm. and then however there was there was a moment that i hit that i was just like this is awesome and i was talking to the girls that i wanted to talk to and i was relating to my to my cousins how i never did but then it was gone and then talking about consequences I had no Christmas. My whole family was so embarrassed. They grounded me. <laughs> but then that was a cycle for me, you know? So many times that I would wake up the next day, my bank account completely gone. From the night that I got paid, the people that were set, the angry voice messages, the consequences were so real, so embarrassing. It was just terrible. So I can totally relate to that. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like I in a way block 
those type of memories because I want to like move forward. Yeah. So that's why I write them down. But now you just brought up a lot of the other memories that, um, yeah, that this is exactly, I'm like, yeah, I remember now how it felt. And this is why I do what the reason why I'm at where I'm at. So thank you for bringing that up because um, it is important to go back so that you know where, why you're going in the future. Yes. Very important. Yes. So I actually want to bring us back to that catalyst moment because it felt like you did have that that conversation with yourself, like, hey, be aware of this, like literally writing, don't drink alcohol. Yeah. And then and there was clarity. And then all of a sudden, it's like the FOMO kicks in. The, everyone else is doing it. So maybe I should. And then I know that you talked about such a significant moment with people that you love. So if you could just share that story, because I think yeah. it's so powerful. Yeah. So that was um, kind of like when I really quit cold turkey drinking alcohol and I remember clearly it was um it's pretty scary and painful um it was my birthday October 2015 and I decided to it was back in the day when I used to make a big deal of my birthdays um so it was like a three-day birthday bash whatever but um I decided to go into a paint class you know BYOB bring your own bottle but before that my husband and it was like honestly it was like 18 15 people in that class but before my husband and I um went to like El Cocotero, which is a Venezuelan place here in the city. And I had asked for like, um, like an alcohol drink. But here's the thing, like my mindset was already like, yeah, I'm going to get so drunk. I'm going to have so much fun. Like, I don't care about anybody else. It's my birthday. That's already like not the right place to start the night. So at that point now, looking back, I'm like, okay, probably not the, the best place to, to, to have. But that was kind of like the, the mentality that I had at that point. But so what happened was... Um, I had that drink. I haven't had anything to eat before. And so it really hit me right away. The moment I walked into the paint class, I was already gone. I was so drunk. I started painting everyone's paints. Like I couldn't even say hi properly. Uh, I was so embarrassed. And of course, then at that point, um, I had to throw up. It was only like 10 o'clock. This is not five in the morning. This is, this is like 10 o'clock at night. And of course, this is a sun, um, a scenario that I have replayed in my mind a lot, which is my girlfriend's holding my hair in the toilet mm -hmm. uh, and me throwing up. And, and back in the day, it was fine. But the feeling was something that I remember. But the story this time was different. Mm -hmm. um, I remember coming out of the room and then we went to a bar. And then I was just like remembering, like in and out. You know when you're in and out, but you really don't remember. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you are. But you're just like in that phase. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing my husband and he had a very different face that I'd never seen before. He was, he wasn't judgmental. He wasn't mad. He was just confused. He's like, what the hell is going on? And, and of course we didn't talk about it that night. We went, we came home and the following day he was like, listen, I don't know what happened to you yesterday. I honestly don't know who you were. Like I did not recognize you. Like I, the first time I see you like this, this is not right. And, and obviously from that point on, I was just crying. It was so devastating to me to have disappointed somebody that I really love, that I really love. And so, and, and the reason why it's important is because I feel like at that night, he lost respect for me at that, at that point. And if you lose respect and admiration for somebody, what is left, right? Like there, there could be a lot of love and whatever, but for me, that was key. And so that was the night when I decided I got to find the community. I got to do this right. And I have to stop doing this or else like my husband, my, just my marriage is probably not going to work. And that's how I think about it going forward. It's like, 
I want to be the best version of myself. Um, the way I do that is just by removing the things that messes with my consciousness. And, and in order for me to continue this path, I just need to try to stay away as much as I can. So that, that's kind of like what happened. And that, that was what, yeah, the catalyst to stop. Oh, I love that. I love that. And thank you for sharing that because it's, it's <laughs> sometimes I've heard it referred to as a bottom. Right. Where, where it, it just, it hits so hard. And at least there's a moment of clarity where I say, this is as low as I want to go. I never want to be here again. I just want to move forward. We were just talking about it where those moments are so brief. And I love the action that you took. And it was action, at least how it sounded to me, that you had never taken, but you were willing. Because sometimes at least for me, I'm thinking pain is not the way, you know, pain is not the way. And I actually recently read a book called The Obstacle is the Way. It's such a great book, highly recommend it. But okay. it talks so much about how pain, through pain, there's progress. Yes. So I know that there was things that you reached out to and there, you were like on a mission. What was that? What was that like, that action that you were taking? Yeah, so at that, at that point, I realized that um, community is very important. And we talked about this earlier. Um, and that's why, honestly, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast as well, just because it doesn't seem like there's a community that is alcohol-free. Like, you don't see them in advertising. You don't see, like, it, it's not that fancy life or that luxurious life or fun life, but it is. So I just want to let you know there is a community out there like that. And, and for me, it's, um, it started when I started practicing the Rose Method. Um, and this is a school that through concepts and techniques, they try to help individuals to become mindful of themselves. Thanks again for joining us today. So grateful. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on the platform that you're currently listening to on the podcast. Remember, there's going to be new episodes every Monday. And I just want to say thank you for your time and have an amazing day.